0: Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. What a beautiful day to be in church. I'd like to welcome all those. At our Grovetown campus, I'd like to welcome those at our South Campus. This is a big week, Christmas Eve week, so uh, be prepared to invite somebody to come to church with you at Grovetown, 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock. South Campus, 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock. Uh, really, this is gonna be the best service of the year. Our Christmas Day service, though, it's only at one, uh, one service. It'll be 10.30 at the Augusta campus. So we invite all those in Grovetown and South to join us here. Well, it's Christmas, and you know, it's Christmas, but I still like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the judge that was having to work Christmas Eve, and he came into the courtroom, and he was just happy and he was joyful. And a guy walks up, and he said, Why are you here? What are you charged with? And the defendant said, Well, I'm charged with doing my Christmas shopping early. He said, that's not a problem. How early were you? He said, well, before the store opened. (laughs) How many of you still have some Christmas shopping to do? Anybody got some Christmas shopping to do a little bit? Yep. I'm telling you, you better get busy because it's going to be a stressful week if you don't get all of that done. I started early. I I think I uh, got Patty's gift. She was the first one. Got it in November. But you know, You can get it early, then you've got the stress of when is it going to be delivered, okay? Uh, And it can be stressful. You've got to strategize that you're home before the delivery truck. um, um, I had to do it before Patty got home and, and know exactly when it was going to be delivered. Then you have to wrap it and hide it and all of that. I'll tell you, it's stressful waiting on the delivery truck, but it's also stressful if it doesn't come. I saw this past week, On social media, it said, stop tracking that package. It's in the Lord's hands now. (laughs) And maybe that's a good word for some of you. Well, we're continuing our Christmas series called The Christmas Story. And here's the big idea. The story of Christmas is the story of God's love, His plan for us, and His eternal desires to be with us. And each week, we've looked at the nativity, the, the characters of the Christmas story, and we're looking at Christmas through their eyes. Today, we're going to look at the Christmas through the eyes of the shepherds. Now, what do we know about shepherds? We know that they were hard workers. They were ordinary folks, blue-collar workers. Um, and their job was really simple. Their job was to take care of the sheep. Now, sheep are basically defenseless animals. They can't run fast. They don't have sharp teeth. They can't really kick. And they rely on the shepherd to take care of them. I mean, the shepherd keeps them from danger. The shepherd protects them from wild animals. The the shepherd uh, tells them where to go. And as long as as they're with the shepherd, everything is going to be okay. Now, on that first Christmas, the shepherds were out tending their flocks at night. I think when they arrived at work that day, they were just looking at just another day, just an ordinary day. They didn't expect anything different until the moment that the angel appeared. We pick up the story in Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. It said, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Imagine this. What if you were at your job tomorrow? What if you showed up at your office, and then after you got to your office, an angel appeared? I think most of us would be like these shepherds. We'd be terrified But the angel said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause joy for all the people. The angel said, fear not. Do not be afraid. Do you know that this phrase, do not be afraid or fear not, is probably one of the most common commands in all of scripture. One day I took out the concordance and I started just Uh, counting all the times that do not be afraid or fear not is in the Bible. I counted over 70 times in Scripture. Why is that? Because I think it's fear is the number one thing that keeps us from becoming or or being the person that we're created to be. Then the angel said to those fearful, terrified shepherds, he said, today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is Christ the Lord. It's interesting that the angel said, today in the town of David. Now, what do we know about David? We know that David was the most um, popular king in all of his. Uh, history in Israel. Even today, if you were to go to Jerusalem, they often call Jerusalem the city of David. He was truly the high water mark of uh, that country. And now this angel said, go to the town of David in Bethlehem. In Bethlehem. And so what do we know about the town of David. What do we know about David? We know he was the king, but before he was anointed king, he was a young shepherd that worked in the same fields as these shepherds on that first Christmas. Yes, David, as a young boy, was was a shepherd. This was about a thousand years before Jesus was born. It was in these fields that that. Uh, that he wrote many of the songs or the psalms that you are familiar with today. In fact, it is in these fields that David wrote Psalm 23. This is during a, a time where David was toppled from his throne, and he had to flee from his own uh, his own son Absalom. And he went out and hid in the hills. He went back to where he remembered as a child and as a shepherd. He went and hid in those fields, and it was during that time that he penned the words of probably the most famous section of Scripture in all of the Old Testament, Psalm chapter 23. I was thinking about the, that this week. and In fact, this past Monday morning, I woke up early before the sun came up, and I, the thought, my thoughts were about the shepherds and about that first Christmas, but then I thought about Psalm 23, and those thoughts just uh, stayed with me throughout the day and and even Tuesday and then Wednesday. I'm driving home on River Watch on Wednesday, and no uh, talk radio, no music playing. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking about it, thinking about the shepherds, thinking about Psalm 23. I get home, uh, I lay my, I put my phone on the kitchen counter. And I start preparing dinner, and all of a sudden I had a notification. I looked down at the notification. It's kind of strange. It was a YouTube notification, um, and I typically don't get those. And it was from a political blogger, which I have never gotten from this political blogger before. And so I thought that's interesting. And so I tapped on it, and the very first words uh, from this uh, this uh, this (coughs) YouTube video was this. He said, "This." podcast is normally sponsored by a company, but today's sponsorship is going to be from the Word of God Turn to Psalm chapter 23. And I'm thinking, man, that is so strange. I was thinking about that all the way home, and now the very first thing when I walk through the door, Psalm 23 just came alive. Do you remember that? Have you ever read Psalm 23? Let's read Read this together. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of evil... I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the presence of the Lord forever." This is no doubt the most loved psalm in all the Bible because these words have given people comfort throughout the years. When you think about it, it is a psalm for people who are living under stress. This psalm is for people just like David who are experiencing a major upheaval in their lives. It's a a psalm for people who are worried, for people who are shaken, and people who are in turmoil. It is a psalm for people whose lives are in chaos and for people who need peace. I believe that every one of us need to hear the words of this psalm because I believe that we can have our stress reduced and we can find peace by embracing five principles from Psalm chapter 23. The first one is this. Look to God to meet your needs. Look to God to meet all of your needs. Psalm chapter 23, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, let's just slow down just a moment. It says, the Lord. The Lord gives us the picture of one who is in charge of everything. He is the supreme ruler. He is the Lord. There is nothing that he cannot handle. There's no problem, no situation that is bigger than he is. The Lord is my shepherd. Now we learn that the shepherd's responsibility is to take care of the sheep. The shepherd is there to protect the sheep, to make sure that the sheep are well-fed and cared for. The Lord is my shepherd. Notice that. That is a possessive pronoun. He is my shepherd. So this becomes very personal to me. The Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. I shall not want. I have everything that I need. I am reminded that God is my shepherd and he is responsible to take care of me. He is responsible to to provide for me. For those of you who are stressed and who are worried and who are fearful and whose lives are chaotic, I want you to make this affirmation that the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. You think you could say that? You think you can say it in Grovetown and South Campus? Let's say it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. I have everything I need. Maybe you need to print that out and put it on your monitor at work. Maybe you need to put it on your uh, mirror in the bathroom in the morning, so that you'll be reminded that God is your shepherd. He's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you. To those of you that are struggling and you're worried and you're upset and you have this fake smile on your face, because it's the holiday season. But if you could take that mask off, you'd, uh, everyone would see how afraid you are. It's to you that I say the Lord is your shepherd. He is going to take care of you. You're so worried. You're so concerned. You are so upset. But hear me. God has not forgotten you. But God is here. God has not forgotten. He sees the needs that you have. He sees the the turmoil that you're in. He, He sees the stress that you're under. And today, he is just reminding you that he is in charge. He is in control. He is your shepherd and you have everything that you need. What else do we see? That he makes me lie down in green pastures. What do we see? We see a picture of rest, and that leads us to the second thing. If we're going to reduce stress in our lives, we've got to give yourself, give yourself time to disconnect and to rest. You know, you're really busy during the holiday season. It, it is a busy time. But it's even in the most chaotic season of the year, I want to encourage you to carve out time to rest. Carve out time to rest. Give yourself that gift of some rest. I mean, your body is like a cell phone. It needs recharging. So you've got to get enough sleep. You've got to block off some time to do nothing but to rest and recharge. And this is so important. He said, He makes me lie down in green pastures, and He leads me beside the still waters, and He restores my soul. It's interesting that it says, He makes me. He makes me. David is a shepherd, and he knows that the sheep are not smart enough to rest they're not smart enough to rest when they get tired, so the shepherd makes them lay down. God has wired you, God has wired your body in such a way to need rest. And he understood that, and that's why he created the calendar like we have it, that every seventh day, every we have a Sabbath rest. He said it's important that even God rested On the Sabbath, the Sabbath's rest. That's why Exodus 34 says six days you'll labor, but on the seventh day you'll rest. Even during plowing season and harvest season, you must rest. Even when you are working hard to make sure that your your business has everything in line, even when you're working uh, to create but also when the money is coming in and you, uh, you're in that season of harvest where the fruit of your labors are He said in both situations, you've got to rest. In both situations, you've got to carve out time uh, to rest. And it's more than just about physical rest. It's about having rest in your soul. It's about that spiritual rest. It's about receiving his peace. You've got to protect your peace. Some of you, for the most spiritual thing you could do this week is take a nap. Because your body is crying out for rest. And what happens when you burn the candle at both ends? First of all, when you burn the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. And you get tired. And when you get tired, you get irritable you get short, you get angry, all of those things come and you just need to carve out time and you need to rest. If you're going to reduce stress, here's the third thing. You've got to step out in faith and trust God to guide you. It says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Now, the Hebrew word for paths here means a well-defined, a well-worn trail. Sheep need a trail that is well laid out. But even with a trail that is well laid out, they still need a shepherd who will guide them. There are many of you, you are planners. You've got this week all planned out. In fact, you've got the uh, first quarter of the year all planned out. You have got everything in place. All your I's are dotted and all your T's are crossed. But hear me, you may have a well-planned agenda uh, right in front of you, but you still need a shepherd You still need God to guide you. You still need to pray what I often pray. God, would you please open the doors that I'm to walk through. God, make it so clear that I can step out in faith and go there. Or God, please close the doors that I'm to stay away from. God, don't let me go down the paths that I'm I'm not to walk on. And that we come to that place and it's about God's guidance. Are you willing to be led by the Lord? Some of you are, are in critical places because you are making significant decisions during this season in your life. And to those of you, I want to encourage you to allow God, ask God to guide you. Maybe the, your prayer today is very simple. God, guide me. God, lead me. In that simple prayer, allow God to lead you down the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Next verse. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. And so here David, once again, is using this shepherd metaphor here. Shepherds always carried a rod and carried a staff. And they carried these instruments there to protect the sheep. Maybe a wolf is coming up and they can fight off the wolf and protect the sheep. And what we see here is that God is our protector and that God is the one that is helping us, that is leading us, that is shielding us, that is protecting us. And folks, we need God's protection. We need God's protection in our life. We live in a culture and in a world unlike I have ever seen before. And over and over, we are we are seeing that this conflict that we're living in is a spiritual conflict. It is a conflict between uh, good versus evil, and this is more than a Disney um, film. But this is real life where we see the forces of evil rising up in ways that we never imagined possible. And it's like our culture is shaking at its foundation. From putting God first to the uh, to freedom of worship and the freedom of speech to the, um, to the sanctity of life I mean, the list goes on and on, and we feel this tension here. And it is very easy to uh, just to back off and to try to hide. But we don't have to live in fear. For though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I want you to understand that you have a power that is greater than yourself. It is the power of Jesus living in you. And you must understand that he is our shepherd, and as our shepherd, he is our protector. He is going to protect you. I often think about the children of Israel when they left slavery and they went through the wilderness. Do you know when they were in the wilderness... In the desert, God still provided for them. Their clothes didn't wear out, and he provided food uh, for them every day. God is going to protect you. And though the markets often seem unstable, and though recession seems to be looming, we have a God that is recession-proof. And we stand on the scriptures that I have never seen the righteous forsaken and I've never seen his seed begging for bread. And so we have confidence that he is not only going to meet our needs, but he is going to protect us along the way. God is your protector. He is our protector. Now, I want you to allow him to be your defender. Allow God to be your defender. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. In the presence of mine enemies. This verse was written during the time when David was driven out in the wilderness by his son's rebellion. He was worn out. He was weary. His army was in disarray. And God prompted three men who were not even Israelites to take food and supplies to David and his men. David saw this um, as, a, as God preparing a table in the midst of his enemies. God raised up people who are not even of his family or his lineage to meet the need in that moment. God defended them. And so many times when we're attacked, we want to strike back. But there are times when we do take arms, but there are other times where we say, God, this problem is so much bigger than I am. I need you to step in. I need you to defend me. There are some of you that you are just waiting to defend yourself because you feel like your reputation has been attacked. You feel like that you have been mistreated. And you know what? You have been. You have been mistreated. You have been attacked. It has not worked out like you thought. But could it be in this moment God is saying, I want you to be silent and I am going to show you that I am your defender, that I am going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Allow God to handle the situation. Allow God to defend you. I know your reputation is important. My reputation is important. And I know there are times that you need to, uh, to speak up. But there are times when your words are not going to do anything but extend uh, the chaos. And there are times that you have to be silent. And you have to go and just let it all out to the Lord. And you are just quiet in this situation. I just want you to hear that. There are some of you that the Lord is saying, let Him defend you. Let Him work out the details. Stop fighting this fight because this is not your fight this fight is bigger than you are the only way you can win in this fight is on your knees having a power his power working through you and his protection going before you and so put your hope and put your trust in him because god is defending you and he's working it out but you can hinder his progress by being involved So in this situation, I feel like that this is a specific word. This may not be a general word for all, but this is a specific word that you're to rest in the Lord and allow him to defend you. Next verse. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want you to expect God to finish his work in you. Expect God to finish God has never done anything half-hearted. In fact, the Bible says, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So I want you to expect it. There's something good that's going to come. How do I know that? All you have to do is look behind you. You ever felt like somebody's following you? You ever felt like somebody, that you can just feel somebody following you? Let me tell you who it is. You've got two people following you goodness and mercy. Goodness is following you. Goodness is following you. Mercy is following you. God is a good God and his goodness is, is there following you and his mercy is there. We know what goodness is when God is kind to us and his goodness and kindness leads us to a place of repentance. But what do we know about the mercy? We know that mercy it's when we deserve to be punished, but God steps in and says, I'm having mercy. And even though you deserve it, I'm going to bear that. Surely goodness and mercy is coming. It's following you. It's following you. And David said, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The house of the Lord In the presence of the Lord. This is a holiday season. It's Christmas. It's the most special time of the year. I want you to understand... That Jesus is here. And even though you don't see him or you don't feel him, he's here. And I don't know what has you stressed. And I don't know what has you worried. But I'm going to pray over you in the next few minutes. And I'm going to believe that God is going to bring peace to you. That first Christmas when the angel came to those shepherds. They said, and glory to God in the highest on what? And on the earth peace and goodwill towards men. That you will have the peace of the Lord. It doesn't say there's going to be peace on earth. It says goodwill, peace and goodwill towards men. Your his favor is going to rest on you. You'll hear that. His peace is going to rest. So I want to pray over you. And as we pray, I want you to come to the place where you're willing to surrender to him. So you surrender this situation. You surrender this problem. You surrender this issue. God, I'm giving it over to you. You surrender this addiction. You surrender this conflict. God, I'm giving this over. I am surrendering. And and as I pray over you, I want you to take your hands and your lap and just open them like this. When we open like this, this is a place of surrender. Say, God, I am surrendering to you, but I'm also receiving from you. So I want you to surrender the situation to you and receive God's help. Are you ready? How about it in Grovetown? How about it in South Campus? I just want you to Open your hands like this. And I believe that God's going to touch you right where you are. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over our church. I pray for those in our campuses, those watching online. I pray that your presence would come and rest on us right now. Rest in this service, God. Let your presence just move in, into this auditorium. And Father, we as your people, we we surrender to you. We surrender our lives and just name it right here. Say, God, I'm giving you this and just name, just fill in the blank. God, I'm giving you this worry. I'm giving you this financial Difficulty. I'm giving you this relationship problem, whatever that is. God, I am surrendering my life to you. It's yours. Help me today. Just say that. Say, God, help me. Maybe you need to pray this prayer God, forgive me. Maybe you pray this prayer, God, heal me. And Father, I pray not only for physical healing right now, God, but I pray, God, for relational healing. I pray for the people in listening to me today that you are in conflict with somebody that means a lot to you, so much to you. Jesus, I pray that you would soften their hearts. And God, that you would... Open the door for restoration to take place. And though the family may not be back together like you envision, but let love be rebuilt first. So, Father, I just pray that you would come and, Lord, do your work. Now, pray this. Say, God, I receive what you have for me. Just say that. Say, God, I receive. I receive what you have for me. I receive this peace. I receive this joy. I receive in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you today. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.